0: You are listening to the Calvary Church Podcast, where each episode features a life-transforming message that was previously recorded in one of our services. And now, let's join a service that's already in progress.
1: Well, let's get at this thing. Let's go to Isaiah chapter 54 and verse 1, Um, and we'll try to go down this road. I actually didn't even—I got halfway down the road with the first set. We'll see what we do here. Um, my deal is when I find the vein of God, I abandon sermons and we ride that vein until God is done. Because whereas I don't know what your need is, he does know what your need is. And where I don't know what, you know, how to facilitate, he does. So we're, we're going to follow after him. Is that all right? All right. Amen. Sing, O Baron. Thou that didst bear, <clears throat> break forth into singing and cry aloud, thou that didst not travail with child. Early on, we have to see that God is actually expecting them to do something that their season says not to do. Right. Tells them to break forth in singing right. and, and rejoice in and because she had no children, so he wanted her to act like she was having one. Okay, it's gonna be a long session, I see. Okay, good enough. <laughs> verse, f- verse 2 Enlarge the place of your tent. Everybody say, Enlarge. Uh-huh. Let them stretch forth. Everybody says Stretch. The curtains of thy habitation. Everybody say, Spare not say lengthen say strengthen and verse 3 For thou shalt break forth on the right hand on the left (coughs) and thou seed (coughs) shall inherit the Gentiles and make the desolate cities to be inhabited so he's saying to this lady you're barren you have nothing You've been given this small space to live in, but I want you to prepare for increase. I do not want you to be satisfied in that little cubicle. I want you to push. I want you to stretch. I want you to enlarge. I want you to step out because God's got more for us than what we could ever imagine. Amen. So, I want to preach to you preparing for increase. How many is going to preach with me today? Why don't you raise your hands? Would you raise your hands and let God know what you need for Him? Would you raise your hands and raise your voice? Let's raise our voice in the house. and clap your hands unto the Lord you may be seated we started 2020 with great expectations and uh, we were expecting great things in 2020 what we got was a viral situation a a sickness that covered our nation covered our world threw us into a place where we were unexpected to be. Got to consider the fact that even in a global pandemic, God is still God. And we must also understand that sometimes we make plans that God does not make. And so he has the ability to change things even when we think we're going the right way. And I want you to know one thing. Despite everything that you see, all the distractions that you see, God is still in control. Now, it may not seem like it. It may not seem like it. It may not look like it. We've had riots and protests, and it's still going on. But you've got to understand, you've got to learn how to see God in the middle of the chaos. Because he is working. Now, he may not always tell us what he's doing, but he is working in the middle of the chaos. My job is to find out where he is. Why do you do that? Because what all I've got to do is find out where God is and go stand by him. I'm looking like, man, I'm working hard, but he's doing all the work. And if I can find out where God is in the middle of my situation everything is going to be okay. We cannot grow in faith without being tested and tried. The substance of faith is anticipation, hope, and expectation. Everything comes with a measure. But God has the way to increase that measure and and enlarge that measure. If you're still at your base level of faith, then you're operating at a place where where you're not going to see what you need to see. We have, I have a, I think I left it over there. I picked up, picked up the pastor's iPhone because I thought it was mine, but it had all this frizzly girl stuff on the back and goes like, all right, that is not the brother man's phone, all right? But I've seen people stand in line, all right, at an Apple store. I've seen them wrap around a building. I've seen them spend the night to get the next upgrade of iPhone. The devil is a lie. I ain't spending the night looking for no iPhone. Shoot, that's just crazy. But I think, I was like, wait a minute. These people are expecting something greater than what they have in their hand. I wonder when is the church gonna start doing that? Because I don't know about you. If my situation is getting greater, then I'm expecting God to be greater in my circumstance. So I wonder how many of you have an iPhone that you just got to upgrade on. Anybody? Nobody? Uh, they're always updating my phone. I never read this. They tell me to read. They got about 50 pages. They know you're not going to read. You just agree to it. You don't even know you're selling your kids off to somebody. You're just agreeing We're so quick. What if our fascination with technology would go over into the spirit world and say, God, if you can, if Apple can get me a download and an upgrade on my phone, you can get me a download of faith and an upgrade of power. I'm tired of living at this level where I'm not meeting the expectation. And so I want an upgrade of what God has. I want to upgrade in knowledge. I want to upgrade in wisdom. I want to upgrade in power. I want to upgrade in dominion. I want to up. I wish somebody help me now. Now, if you want to stay at that level, <clears throat> go ahead, because the devil is not staying in this level. He's encroaching, he's moving. So I want to match the madness with the power of God in my life. We have multiplication factors built within us. Genesis chapter one and verse 28. God blessed them and God said unto them, watch now, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it. And then he says, And have dominion. I read that. (coughs) So that you will know. You already have the ability to be fruitful. You already have the ability to have a multiplication factor. You already have uh, uh, the ability to replenish and subdue. And you already have dominion. And it says over every living thing that moveth upon the earth and that includes the devil. So it is time for the church to stand. It's time for the church to stand up, pull up on your bootstraps, square your shoulders back, get in the stance, not a defensive stance, but an offensive stance and say we refuse to stay where you tell us to stay. I refuse to stay here in this place when God's got a bigger place, a greater place. I refuse to be spiritually barren. Somebody say amen. I refuse to be spiritually barren. I refuse to be barren and anointing. Uh, if God's got anointing, I want it. If God's got power, I want it. If God's got authority, I want it. If God has dominion, I refuse to be in the welfare line in the spiritual world. Somebody say amen. Amen. I was poor in the world, but I refuse to be poor in God. My God is rich, and he's powerful, and I want what he has for me. I wonder if there's anybody at this 11 o'clock service says, I'm tired of living way below my potential. I I said, I'm tired of living way below my potential. I'm standing up. I said, God, whatever you got, I'm ready to stretch my cords out. I'm ready to lengthen my curtains. I'm, tr- ready, to, to, I'm ready for a building program. I'm ready for an increase of anything that God has in my life today. Somebody shout amen. amen. We cannot be stagnant in this season when we are designed for increase. We're designed to enlarge. We're designed to arise. We're designed to have dominion. We have to regain lost territory and then go gain new territory. Let us not sit around and look at what we think we have lost. In this season, it is easy. Oh, we can't go out to eat. And uh, now we have to social distance. And, now, and, and it's so easy to be poor, poor, pitiful me. No, I'm not poor and I 'm not pitiful. So I have some inconveniences, but I have no liberties that has been taken away from me. If we cannot stand a few inconveniences, friend, then you're not going to be able to go through any trial, you're not going to be able to go to anything that the enemy is going to bring towards you. So I am not poor, pitiful Emery. I am powerful Emery. Because I have a God that's greater than my circumstance. We got to learn. You got to learn how to find God in the midst of the chaos. Somebody say amen. You got to find God in the midst of the chaos. You got to be, you've got to look for Him. The disciples left on a cool sea. And then all of a sudden, the elements of the storm began to manifest itself. The elements of the storm was already there. There was already wind, but it was just subdued. There was already water in the clouds. There was already waves, but when they became exaggerated, they became afraid. Jesus was on the boat with them just like he's on the boat with us. Jesus is right in the middle of coronavirus. Don't think he's on vacation somewhere in Puerto Vallarta. He is right in the middle of your situation. He's right in the middle of your circumstance. If you're sick, he's in the middle of your sickness. If you're going through trials, he's in the middle of that trial. He has not forsaken us. He did not walk away and leave us all by ourselves. He's standing right there waiting on you to call on him. Somebody say amen. And so they said, hey, where is Jesus? They're bailing water. Says where is Jesus? And somebody says, he's back there taking a nap. That's a cool cat, man, if he can, if he can, if he can sleep through a storm. These people are like, oh, this, they're, watch them. They're watching the storm and forget that Jesus is on the boat. Quit watching the storm. So they go back, they wake him up, Careth thou not that we perish. That's in the King James version of the Bible. I read out of the Rick James version of the Bible. We're ready to sink. You need to get up and get a bell and get a bucket and start getting the water out of the boat, or we're going down. Jesus goes like, man, come on. I'm I'm a carpenter. You're the fisherman. I'm not getting no bale. I'm not bailing nothing. Do I ask you to, to make a table? Well, don't ask me to fish. So Jesus goes like, what is your problem? The storm. He can say, No, what is your problem? What is your problem? Well, we're going to perish. How are you going to perish with me on the boat? I can see I haven't got y'all yet. Don't worry, I'm coming at you. How am I going to perish when Jesus is right here with me? He's the author of life. And so he said, What's your problem? So they show him the storm. And Jesus says two things, not one. We say he said one thing, I'd say he did not. He said two things. He said two things. We run them together and we say, he said, peace be still. That is not correct. He did say those two words, but there's a punctuation in there. He said, peace, karma, be still. So he said two things to two different parties. He said, peace to the disciples and be still to the storm. I don't make this up, folks. I didn't write the book, but I sure read it. And I make sure you read, I read every conjunction with your function. I read all this stuff. Cause that stuff. Because that comma right there tells me he spoke peace to their heart, and he told the storm, knock it off, you're scaring the kids. So what I come to preach you today, and God wants to say to us, peace to my heart. Peace in my home. Peace in my marriage. Peace in my... Come on, somebody. Help me preach right now. God wants to speak peace to you today. And then he'll tell everything else, leave my kids alone. Let's not be so... Let's not be so focused on the storm that we don't understand the person that made all the elements of the storm is inside of the boat with us. The one that made the water and made the waves and made the wind. Uh, wish somebody help me now. All he has to do is speak to that stuff and it will go away. The Bible says, and when he spoke immediately, the storm was over and they was miraculously all the way over on the other side. As quick as this thing came, if God speaks to it, it will leave. But the storm is here for a reason. The pandemic is here for a reason. It's called to shake us up. Called to remind us, hey, I'm still God. So we got comfortable. I'm going to say amen for you. We got comfortable. Things got a little bit too good. So we stopped praying, didn't we? You can't play a player, I already know. We stopped praying. We put it on snooze control, cruise control. The blessings were coming in. Our finances was going up. Church was going good. And we forgot all about it. We started doing everything our way instead of his way. He says, wait a minute. Whoa, whoa. He said, how, can you, how, where do you get that from? In the, from the book of Revelations. John said, I saw one standing in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks." John didn't even know who he was. He goes, he kept with John, it's me. I'm the first, the last, the beginning, the end, the iPhone maker. He goes, oh, it's you. I love the suit. He's like, "Do you get that in Neiman Marcus? He says, that's a cool suit that you got on. At the end of the book of Revelations, He's standing at the door. How did Jesus, listen, how did Jesus go from being in the middle of the church to knocking, trying to get into the place he built and died for and bled for and resurrected for? I don't know about you. I don't need Jesus on the outside trying to get in. I want Jesus on the inside telling the devil to get out. Come on, somebody. I need some people to tell me, hey, pastor. I know this, but I'm going to start praying. Come on, somebody. I don't need anybody to help me. I'm going to start praying. I'm going to start worshiping. I'm going to start praising. I'm going to start... Come on, I need somebody to help me now. Because, friend, this is not about us sitting down and relaxing. This is about us getting into warfare territory. Come on, you got to get up. You got to put on your war clothes. This ain't no time to sit around and be comfortable. This ain't no time to, oh, when is this going to be over? It will never be over if we don't get up and start moving in the midst of this. The church has the power. I would somebody help me now. The church is the interceding body of the world. If we don't pray and if we don't do our job, chaos will be in the world. We can stop everything. The church right now can stop all the rioting. We can stop all the protesting by getting on our knees and saying, God, you got to come in the middle of the United States of America. We need your power. We need your authority. We need... Hey, don't blame the White House. Don't blame the president. It's setting on our shoulders. This is why they say the church is, is not essential enough because we're not in the prayer room anymore. Come on, somebody, help me pray. Where are the intercessors? Where are the people that are gonna get down on your knees and say, I'm not getting up until God does something? What are the people that are fasting and say, I'm not coming off this fast until something happens in my family? My kids, come on, somebody. God wants to save your children. Your backsliders are out there waiting on the church to stand up and be the church. We want old time church with new time tech. No, 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 no. I'm thank God for all the technology, but you can't technic- You can't. You can't use technology in where we're at. You have to go back to the old school. It's not your theology. It's your neology that's missing. We got the theology down, but it's time for us to get back to the neology and say, Jesus, if you don't help us, I wish somebody help me preach. You know I'm telling you the truth. You know it's time to get up, and it's time to put on your warfare clothes. Take the party clothes off. Put on your armor. Come on. Get the boots on. Get the best plate on. Get the sword out and let the devil know I got authority and power in the name of Jesus. We were not made to be stagnant. We were called to increase. We were designed to enlarge. Do you understand what I'm telling you? We were designed to this. We were designed to have dominion. We should not be losing territory. We should be gaining territory. How can we gain territory in a pandemic by being the church? Oh well, they run the side of the building. The church is not a building. It's the building is where the church meets. The church is not a building. The church is a body. I'm not getting too many amens. The church is not a place. It's a people. The church is not an organization. It is a living, moving organism. Everywhere you go, you're supposed to be the church. I wish somebody helped me now. I'm going to say some things that you're not going to agree with. But trust me, homie, you've been wrong before, all right? When you walk into Walmarts, take dominion. If you'll do it, I'm going to tell you what you're going to encounter. You're going to walk in and people are going to turn around when you come in the door. And then they're going to turn around. Because something from another world has just entered into Walmarts with you. We think they're looking at us because we dressed different now. They're looking at us because we walked in there with some dominion and authority. Okay. You, just, you keep doing it your way, I'm going to do it, it Yahweh, way. Okay. You keep doing it your way, I'm going to do it Yahweh. way. I'm in, I'm in, do y'all have big lots up here? I'm in big lots. I got my mask on. I had gloves on. We took the gloves off and all that stuff. Somebody go, Pastor Emery. There's a little lady there. I go, See, I am Pastor Emery. Oh, I need prayer. Okay, so what am I supposed to do? Oh, come on down to the church. No, I am the church. Right. So what did you do? I put my packages down and I pray for her in big lots. Right. Oh, I'm sorry. Was I not supposed to do that? So... When are we going to take the church to the world instead of thinking the world is supposed to come to the church? (laughs) Everywhere you go, take Jesus with you. Take him to the supermarket. (laughs) Okay. All right. I didn't read the book. I didn't write the book, but I read it. He says, wherever you go, let your peace go. If they don't hit the, you, peace come back. I walk in the Walmart, peace to you. People turn around and look at me like, hey, yeah, that's me. I'm on this joint, baby. Because I'm taking Jesus everywhere I go. And people gonna, I, we have a Monday night live streaming prayer. We get thousands of hits from sinners. Pray for me. Pray for me. Pray for me. Pray for We're thinking nobody wants the Lord. It's the opposite. They're just looking for the real thing. They're tired of the false. They're tired of the false. They're tired of things that look like it's God, but it's not really God. I say it's time for the real church. I say it's time for the apostolic, one God, Jesus' name, powerful church, to stand up and say, we are what you are looking for. Come on, somebody, and go into their homes. Don't bring them here. Go to where they are. Come on and help me preach now. Jesus didn't say, go make members. He said, go and make disciples. We... We want to make memories. God said, I'm not interested in membership. This is not Costco. He wants disciples, so you get your little search for truth chart. You get your Bible, and you go into people's homes, and you teach them about the God that you know. I I wish somebody helped me preach up in here. If if you feel like I don't know what I'm doing, it's because you're just sitting down and you ain't doing nothing. Get up. You know somebody that needs the Holy Ghost. You know somebody that needs Jesus. You know somebody that needs to get baptized. Go in their home. Teach them about the God that turned your life around. I'm I'm just going to have to mess with y'all. Because he told me, he goes like, well, 9 o'clock. The crowd's a little bit subdued and, but you know they're just getting up and have to have the coffee yet. but that 11 o'clock crowd can I just tell you the 9 o'clock crowd hey, y'all look like y'all dead man <laughs> they was up and banging they taking your spot you better you got the pastor's getting y'all kind of credits your credits ain't no good with the brother I want the 9 o'clock folks to come on back did y'all sleep in too late Oh, you need to get with me, and you need to understand that the church is looking for Jesus, and you're the only Jesus they're going to find. I asked him this morning, is this, he told me this was called the Calvary Church, is that right? Yeah. I want I, to say, are you, are you still the Calvary Church? Yeah. What's Calvary all about? Redemption. What's Calvary all about? Forgiveness. What's Calvary all about? The power of the blood. What's Calvary all about? Resurrection. What's Calvary all? About? Restoration. Come on. Is this still I say, is this still the Calvary church? Is this the place where you can be changed? Is this the place where you can be transformed? Is this come on, somebody? To coin, to coin. Lee Stone King, I can't do it like that, but we got it. He, he, he can say that and everybody goes crazy. I say it and go like, what is he talking about? <laughs> we cannot wait. The scripture did not say, wait until you have children and then build a nursery. That's not faith. He said, don't wait. You enlarge now. In anticipation of increase coming. Is anybody with me now? Widow comes to the prophet. They want to make my children bond servants. And I've sold everything. I've had a yard sale, a garage sale. I've sold everything. And I'm still coming up short. He says, what do you have in your house? She said, nothing. That's us. Corona's come, trying to put us in bond service, scared to go out. Toilet paper. Toilet paper. We're, we're driving to Costco 50 miles an hour trying to get in the line for toilet paper. <laughs> now, now, honey, I'm from the protest, all right? But I ain't never stood in line for no toilet paper. <laughs> I had people like, Pastor, oh my God, Pastor, what are we going to do if we run out of water? I said, go in your kitchen, turn on the faucet, it's free, we have got so bougie, we are so bourgeois. We can't even drink water out of a glass. It's got to be in a plastic bottle, and the plastic bottle is destroying the environment and poisoning you, and the glass ain't doing nothing. And if I don't have a bottle of water, my God, seriously, get yourself together. I'm not standing in line for toilet paper, but I will stand in line for Jesus. what do you have in your house? She says, watch the world. She said, all I have is a little oil. Uh, what? A little oil. Isn't it funny how we magnify things that mean nothing and minimize things that mean everything? Oh, how are you doing? I think I'm getting along. I don't know. It's been so hard lately. I just don't know what I'm going to do. Are you praying? Yes, but uh, here's my Spanish. The Lord, He's not hearing me. I've been praying and praying and praying, and I was praying so hard. And I said, they, they, The video de Dios, know, the Apostle Christian, see and the potential of the Dios and the number. There's just. Oh. Y'all don't speak Spanish right now? I'm sorry. <laughs> I said, I said, "What I need is some power that comes in the name of Jesus, yeah. the potencia de Dios, and the nombre." De Dios. Yeah. I, okay, just so. Okay. Are you liking this? Huh? I mean, you're gonna have to pay for this, all right? You just sitting down here. She minimized what she had because she didn't see the value of it. Isn't it funny how we overestimate what the devil can do and underestimate what our God can do? I think it's time to reverse the curse and flip the script. I don't know about you, but I serve a big God. I don't know about you. I serve a big God. You do not underestimate, turn it around, underestimate the devil, but overestimate what your God is able to do. He is able to do exceedingly. Abundantly, above all. Somebody shout amen. Amen. At the end of the miracle, borrow vessels, as many as you can, fill the house up, not a few. Pour the oil. The oil did not stop until every empty vessel was filled. If you want the Holy Ghost to start moving in the church, bring in some empty. The church ain't for me. It ain't for you. It's for empty vessels to bring in the house so God can fill the empty vessels. I want somebody help me now. You want to see revival? Get some drug addicts in here. You want to see revival? Get your unsaved loved ones. Bring it, or Watch the Holy Ghost start falling. The reason why the Holy Ghost is not moving because we're already filled, and God's looking for empty, vessels. empty vessels. Everybody say empty vessels. The only thing the lady was sad about, she didn't bring more vessels. She underestimated what God was able to do. I want to ask you a question. Are we doing that now? Just ask them. Elijah goes to Zarephath. There's a widow woman there. She's got two sticks. she got a two-stick dinner. I got some meal and some oil and two sticks, and I'm going to eat it. I mean, he's going through McDonald's. I'll take a two-stick dinner. The old man says, you give me a cake first. For three and a half years, the oil did not waste, and the meal was not spent. Are, are you listening to me today? Jacob, no, Isaac was rebuked by God, and what's now in the time of a famine, and says, "I trusted your daddy to go to Egypt. He just messed things up, almost messed up. So you cannot go to Egypt. You have to stay right here." In time of a famine, where well, there's no water, this guy takes sticks, start poking holes in the in the sand and dropping seeds in the sand. And the Bible said when it was over, he reaped 100-fold of what he put in the ground. The only thing that Isaac regretted, he didn't plant more seeds. Be careful that we underestimate our situation and overestimate what our God can do in the middle of our situation. I wish somebody help me. Because everything that we need, listen, everything that we need, we already have it. We just don't recognize it. Jesus never went anywhere to do a miracle. He did the miracle right where they were. 5,000 people, let us go to the other village. He said, no, I'll find something right here. There's nothing here. You haven't even looked yet. They come back with three fishes and a couple loaves of bread. What is this amongst so many? With you, it's nothing. But with God, all things are possible. Moses comes to the Red Sea. Pharaoh, that can hear the horses, that can hear the chariots, they can hear it all. And the, the Bible says, and Moses cries out to the Lord, yeah. and the Lord says, Why are you crying to me, you big sissy? He goes, What do you mean? Why am I crying? He's goes, pharaoh. Pharaoh is coming. He mad. And the Red Sea. He says, But well, why are you talking to me? Well, how are we going to get across? Go back and read. He says, what's in your hand? So he looks in his hand. What was in his hand? A rod, right? Y'all, y'all do read the Bible, right? I'm beginning to wonder. <laughs> he, he says, what's in your hand? Says, Every miracle that Moses had did was by the power of that staff. He said, what are you trying to say? What we need... Why are you looking for something else when everything you need, you already have? But we are underestimating the power of God in this adverse situation. When God has all power in heaven and earth in his hands, use what's in your hand. You already have prayer, but you're not praying. Come on, somebody. We have prayer. We have the word of God, but you're not reading. the Come on. I know, I'm, I, know I'm, I know I'm messing with some of you, but, friend, it's time we crack off the book. Like I said this morning, it's not your theology. It's your neology that I'm worried about. It's time to get back on our knees. It's time to become a praying church. It's time for intercessory prayer. It's time for intercession warriors to get up and start interceding. It's time to put on the weapons of our warfare, not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. We need to pull down some strongholds that's being built today. It's the church's power. Uh, It's our position to pull down these spiritual strongholds. Somebody shout amen. God wants to, he's telling these people, I'm about ready to change your season from barrenness to fruitfulness. I'm about ready to change your season. Did you know that God has the ability to change season in the middle of a season? You doing that? I'm trying to think of a good one here. Some of them I haven't impressed yet. So they're coming to Moses. So they want to know why is Aaron a big dog? I go, like, what do you mean? Well, we're, we're just as great as he is. So what are you trying to say? They're ready to revolt. Oh, God told Moses, "Tell everybody bring their rod." So all these cats bring their rod, made out of almond trees. They threw them in this thing called the Ark of the Covenant. 24 hours later, they opened the Ark. One olive staff was inside of that box. It had bloomed and it had fruit. Now, most of you are not impressed. But it wasn't planted. It wasn't connected to a tree. It did not have the photosensors of the sun. It had no seed. It had no root. And it had no water. But it grew, and it budded, and it had fruit. Now, of course, are y'all in the Midwest? Is this Midwest? That means nothing to y'all. But to me, I'm from the Central San Joaquin Valley. Out of my back door are almond orchards. For as far as the eyes can see, it takes five years. For an almond tree to grow to maturity. And seven years for it to produce fruit. But God. Overnight, without a seed, without water, without sunlight, uh, without... I know you're not impressed with me, but you ought to be impressed with God. Cause a barren, come on, cause a barren tree. Come on, somebody. Cause a barren tree to bring forth fruit. I'm telling you that God can change your barren season in less than 24 hours. Somebody ought to jump up on your feet right now and begin to... Open your mouth and lift your hands and say, God, I'm in a barren season. I need a change. I need you to do something. I need you to talk. Come on. Tell him to let it go. Come on. Come on. Raise your voice right now. God, I'm in the middle of a barren spiritual season. I don't know about you, friend, but I do not want to be spiritually barren. Go ahead, honey. Just let it go. Don't worry about them. Come on. Keep it up. Keep it up. This is what we need. We need to go back and let the devil know you're not in charge. God is large and in charge. He's got all these things under control. I, come on, front. In the, in the name of Jesus, I take dominion over fear and doubt and unbelief and, and all of that stuff that's trying to climb. We got to understand God can make something happen overnight. Somebody shout amen. Amen. I said I'm talking about overnight. I said I'm talking about overnight. How do I know that? Solomon's wisdom came from under the sun. That's the best he could do. But Jesus stepped on the sand and said, "A greater than Solomon is here." Yes, sir. Yes. Yes, sir. Hold on to your coasters, sports fans. You, I, you have no idea what I'm talking about. The wisdom that Jesus used was not from under the sun, but... If you're still operating on stuff from under the sun, you need an upgrade. You need a download. Because I'm not operating from situations and power that's stuck underneath the canopy of the heavens. Because Paul said we're supposed to be seated in what? Heavenly places. Watch that. Ho, ho, ho. No, no. That ain't worth clapping for. This was recapter for far above. I'm, I'm quoting out of your Bible, and I'm doing my best to quote out of the King James instead of the Rick James. Far above all principalities and powers and rulers of darkness of this world, spiritual wickedness in high places, far above. Far above, and he's far above every name that is named. Not only in this world, but in all the worlds that is to come. And we are seated with him. So everything that is under his feet. All right. Can anybody finish that? Anybody finish that? If it's under his feet and I'm seated with him. Then it is under, why are you living beneath your potential? Why are you letting the devil have his foot on your neck and you don't have your foot on his neck? It's time for you to increase, girl. It's time for you to increase, sir. You can't keep living where you are. You can't keep existing where you are in the level and because the devil's done stepped up his game while you're lagging the back, uh-uh, uh-uh, uh uh-uh. No, we need to be one step ahead. We need to be two steps ahead. We need to be far ahead of him. So, in my prayer life, I said, God, set me where you're setting. Because I know there, all things are under his feet. I want the devil where he belongs. Somebody say, under my feet. You tell worry, worry, you're under. Some of you are worried, some of you are distracted, some of you are full of fear. You need to tell fear, I'm tired of living like this. I want to put you where you really belong, under my feet. Come on, somebody. Some of you can't even sleep at night because you're afraid. You need to put that devil under your feet. Do I have any apostolics in here? Do I have any apostolics that's just sick and tired of church as usual? Sick and tired of just commonality and said, I need to break out. I need to break forth. I'm going to break forth on the left. I'm going to break forth on the right. I'm ready for increase. I'm ready to be enlarged. I'm ready for more power. I'm ready for more dominion. I'm ready for more authority. I'm ready. Come on, somebody. Is there anybody here hungry for what God wants to do in your life today? hungry now I'm sorry I'm from the old school I don't know anything else I'm sorry I don't know anything else I don't know anything about this new church the devil I can't go down now the devil don't want none of this you understand me when he sees me walking, he moves aside. It ain't the other way around. Or oh, he's coming. He crazy. Yeah, I am. Cause I read the book. I know what's mine. We're like people who have been left an inheritance, but don't know it's ours, and we're living like we poor when our father owns a mansion. But if you ever read the last will and testament that said everything belongs to you, why are you living so far beneath your potential? Why are you living so far beneath where God wants you to live? It's time to rise up. I said, I'm, I've had it with just existing. I'm taking what's it belongs to me. Salvation belongs to me. Healing belongs to me. I, I wish somebody help me. Deliverance belongs. It's mine. Somebody say that with me. It's mine. He left it in the book. He left it in the wheel. Come on, somebody. He left it there for you and me to behold. I give you power over all the power in the enemy and nothing. He's telling you, I put everything that under my feet. I put it under your feet. All you got to do is go and possess it. I don't know about you, but I refuse to live below my potential in God. I don't want to live above where I should live. But I'm definitely not going to live under where I'm supposed to live in. God wants us to increase. Things are enlarging, winding, going upward, always in God. We're told to lift up your eyes. We're never downcast. He said, lift up your eyes unto the hills from which cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord. He could have stopped there, but he said that made the heavens and the earth. What does that mean? He means if there's not a way, he'll make a way. If there's not a door, he'll make a door. If there's not a window, he'll make a window. If there's not a blessing, he'll create one for you. I wish somebody help me now. If there's not a cure to your sickness, that's not a big deal with God. He's been curing the sick. There was no cure for the woman with the issue of blood in her day. But she touched the hem of the master. I said, she touched the hymn of the, the, can I say something? The master still has hymns, but are we still trying to touch the hymns? Come on, somebody. God wants to you to be prepared. How do I prepare for increase? Pastor, I got to pray more. I got to believe more. I got to get hungry. God is attracted to hunger. I don't ever want to get so full that I got enough of him. God's attracted to hunger. He said, blessed are they who do hunger and thirst. Were you hung- The problem is it's not that we're not hungry. It's that we're hungering for the wrong things. We're searching for the wrong things. Turn our hunger back to the one that feeds your soul, that feeds your spirit with things that are heavenly and not from below. And if we can get into that corridor, you will be amazed what God can do in, for, and through you. As I'm closing, let me talk to some of our young people. Let me tell you something. Your generation is positioned and poised for one of the greatest apostolic outpourings in any generation that's ever lived. But it's not going to happen if you're trying to be like them instead of trying to be like him. You're called to stand out, not to blend in. You're called to make your stand like Shadrach, Meshach, and the Bendigo say, we're not going to bow. We're not going to bow to your music. We're not going to bow to your statues. We're not going to bow to your principles. We serve the living God. And he may not do everything we want, but we're, but we're still not going to bow. Amen. We're going to keep our integrity. I am apostolic. Come on, young people. I am apostolic. Amen. Now, let me say this. That doesn't mean that you're underprivileged or something. Let me tell you something. I'm 66 years old. At 18, I died of a drug overdose. That's all the enemy wants to do. He will kill you and laugh over your grave. He does not care about you. He will deceive you, and then he will destroy you. He is the author of death, but the Jesus that we serve... He's the author of life. I'm looking around. I see some young people that God's got his hands on. But I also see the fear of what's going to happen to me. I would rather live right there. I know God's going to use me one of these days and let the world go, because I see where the world is going. I know it's, a, it's scary, trust me. I know. But I'm going to tell you something. As the old saints used to say, I wouldn't take nothing for my journey. And it's been a journey. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to call the altar today. But what, what I really like to call are some young ladies and, and some young men um, that feel like, I'm just kind of struggling, Pastor. I, I know how to dress right. I know how to put on the face. You know? I know how to look the part. But I just don't want to look the part. I want to be the part. I just don't want to look like I got it. I actually want to have it. Anybody out there like that? I'm just, i right there, but I'll tell you what, when you get close, you'll get afraid. I can tell you that right now. You wonder what's gonna happen to me. Is God gonna take care of me? I'm 66 years old. I died at 18 and here I stand. The devil don't want none of this. Do you not understand that? He don't even know how to kill me. He's gonna like, die fool, die. I said, not today I was at Broken Bow I'm closing Arizona Oklahoma 3 o'clock in the morning a python spirit wrapped itself around me it was crushing me 3 o'clock in the morning and he said to me I am going to kill you today right here it's 3 o'clock in the morning I'm going like, oh, wow, that's that's kind of pushy, ain't it? <laughs> I like you too. I mean, what's that's it's kind of dark, you know. So I'm sitting on the I'm sitting on the floor. My wife gets up. Are you all right? Oh yeah, I'm just couldn't sleep. I'm sitting here. I'm good. You don't tell your wife that you know, I'm going to die in just a minute, you know. <laughs> so I'm in the restroom. I can't breathe. He comes again and goes like, then he says to me, my brother just died of a massive heart attack. He says, I am going to kill you like I killed your brother. I said, wow. Pastor, you know what I said to him? Put my best walk on like, if you could, you would. But you ain't because you can't. I said to him, if you were gonna kill me, I'd be dead already. You're just trying to make me be filled with fear. I said, bring it on, big boy. I said, but I got news for you. I'm not dying here, and I definitely ain't dying today. He said, you talk to the devil like that? Like I made him, I talk, he talk trash, you're talking to the straight-up instigator, the trash talking. My wife was, trying to, was going to get a gallbladder out. The enemy comes and said, I'm going to carry your wife on the operating table. I said, that's interesting. It's a, bit, it's a little bit crude, ain't it? A little bit dark for you. She will not come out. She will go on the operating table. She will die there. I said, wow, that's interesting. You know what I did? I went to the gift shop. Got a bag of corn chips. I like corn chips, by the way. And on my iPhone, I have a domino game. So I went back, sat down, ate corn chips, played dominoes until my wife came out of surgery. And she's still living today. What am I trying to say? Listen to me. I'm not saying this to impress you. What I'm trying to say is his tactics are fear, but God's power is faith. That's what I'm trying to get you to see. Why don't you come right now? Social distancing that's spread out. I want to pray over you. Would you come, please?